Hello, beautiful people. This is Shaylin Foster, and welcome to another episode of Interior Motives. My girls are back, and we'll be unpacking part three of our millennial dating culture conversation. You won't want to miss it, so take a moment, relax, grab a cup of coffee or some tea, and let's talk. So thoughts about abstinence, purity culture, and sexuality. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot going on out here right now. At this point, I'm about to become for the streets. (laughs) (laughs) And being and being and being young women, young black women who you know, have a relationship with God or have a, a sense of faith, a uh, personal relationship in terms of spirituality. How does that play out? Because I'm thinking about like Devon Franklin and Megan Goods, their book, The Weight, and all that encompasses. And so how, how does that play out? Is it difficult to remain a sense of, you know, purity or abstinence during this time? You know, what does that, what does that look like? How does that, how does that play out in this culture? Being young women who are comfortable in their skin and their femininity and their sexuality. Talk to me about that. So I'm going to let everyone sit down, please. But I'm going to talk about me. Okay. So growing up, I had my mom who wasn't Adventist and I had my aunt who was. So growing up, I asked questions. I was given the opportunity to ask questions about sex. And I chose be because I became Adventist. I didn't want to do it because um, I was wrong. You know, it was a sin. And then leading into going to college, I was hearing constantly, don't have sex. Don't do it. Because if you do it, you're going to lose your respect. They're not going to value you. You want to get married. You want to be a wife. Don't have sex before marriage. I even had guys tell me, I'm not going to date you if, if, we, if, we have, if we have sex, I'm not going to be with you. I've had guys tell me that. And so, of course, I'm like, well, if I'm hearing from men, from my family, from the Adventist faith that I don't need to do this thing for me to ensure, to guarantee that I'm going to be in a relationship, I'm going to be with the right guy, I pretty much... I was sold on that idea. I just knew when I went to college, I was going to get married when I I graduated. I just knew. I said, I'm not having sex. I'm going to hold out. I'm going to be strong. I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to get married. I I left college more single than I went in. Okay? Let's just be real here. Secondly, now it's been years. It's been years. I mean, what? I'm going to say three since I graduated. I'm 25, right? I've seen so many friends who have had sex, get married, mm. have kids. Child. I mean, they're living the life, have homes. And so I'm sitting here single, have haven't dogs. had sex. No man, no kids, no house. <laughs> and so I'm just like, 
did I miss something? Was there a meeting where I was just not in? Because if I knew what I know now, would I? Let me be real. Let me let me just be real. I don't. I I do genuinely feel like me not having sex may have still been a thing, but the reason behind it would have been different, or I would have chosen a different outlook about it because I. I purely did not do it because I was told time and again for years that if you do this one thing, if you hold out on this one thing, you are guaranteed wifey material. You're guaranteed a husband. You are going to find mm. your, your adventurous man is coming and he hasn't came at all. And I haven't done it at all. So, so now I'm questioning, I'm sure I'm questioning. Mm. <laughs> is it too late to just go ahead and just, Listen, you know, just, just give it up. You know, just, just, just don't care about the wayside. Just, <laughs> just start doing it. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that, but honest to God, like if it happens, it happens at this point. That's how I'm feeling. That's how I'm feeling. Like if if I do it and it happens, okay. Because yeah. the value that sex or not having sex has been put on, especially like in the Adventist faith, it's not a thing. No one's going to lose value in you or lose respect for you if you're having sex. I can say that you should be, but the fact that there's been so much emphasis on not doing it, and then when people who have done it are still living life, I mean, married, kids, hey, all life. of that, and they're still, and they're my age. We we grew up together, mm. <laughs> and the only one thing that they're doing differently for me is they're putting out. Mm. that's the mm. only thing so I mean I'm, I'm being jo I'm joking I'm joking but I'm serious you think yeah. some of those <laughs> you think some of those uh folks are being honest about the number that's that's a, that's a whole nother conversation well I mean I'm gonna be real mm. I, the, the, I don't think it's necessarily the number because you can mm. have sex one time get pregnant get an STD all of that oh, so it's, you yeah. know you can have a soul tie with people mm -hmm. who you've never had sex with so I think the number, the number is, is I guess you can say it's important, but I don't think it's as important as mm -hmm. having sex in general with more than one person, honestly, especially mm -hmm. too many at a time, mm -hmm. could really mess you up in a committed relationship. And because of how many like diseases that are out here, you really do need to be safe. So that's really what's keeping me from not doing it now. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> for yourself, for yourself. I'm yeah. sorry? I said for yourself first, yeah. Right. So that's what that's what's keeping me from not doing it now. Just, you know, wanting to, you know, if I am doing it, I don't wanna I don't wanna get anything. I don't I've seen too many horror stories where women they do it and then they get pregnant or they have an S T D. I don't that I I pray to God that never happens to anyone that I know and love or myself. So it's just like because of that, that's what's keeping me from doing it. But I it, it, it's frustrating. But don't you also think in terms of being sensitive and being per se an empath, if you are engaging in physicality and, and sexual uh, intercourse, or even just being sexual with a partner, how does that open you up in terms of your emotions? Because a lot of times women have a tendency to develop that attachment after, especially that piece or that level of intimacy comes into play. So just to, for me to clarify, your question was, how does being physical impact me emotionally? Yes. Okay. It impacts me a lot, which is, uh, again, now now that <laughs> the, the reason for me not having sex 
isn't any isn't any more well because it's the right thing to do. It's genuinely because I know the kind of person that I am, and I do know like just if I'm kissing you, that's that's intimate for me because I don't kiss just anybody. And like we were talking about earlier, I know we are like if you don't appeal to me with your personality, intellectually, mentally. I'm not gonna want to do anything with you physically. So if I'm doing something with you physically, I'm already emotionally in it. I'm mm-hmm. already with you. So if mm-hmm. I'm doing something intimate with you now, to me, it's opened up another can of worms because now I only want to do this with you, mm-hmm. kissing you. I want you to kiss me. That's it. So if I'm doing more with you, like sex, at this point, at this, <laughs> at this point. There's really no point in me just doing it with just anybody. I will want that to be special because I know once that is open, mm-hmm. I will want that to be, if I'm going to be that emotionally drawn, attached to somebody, I will want to be with somebody that I'm going to be with long-term. Mm-hmm. And it's because I know the kind of person that I am emotionally. Mm-hmm. I'm already going to be emotionally into you if I'm already kissing you, if I'm mm-hmm. already talking to you longer than two weeks. I'm already interested, intrigued. Or whatever, for real. Like if I'm if I'm entertaining you longer than that, I'm actually interested in getting to know you. And if I'm talking to you longer than that, and we're and we're kissing, like it takes a minute for me to even kiss you. It takes a, a while. So once that even happens, it's just like okay, yeah, like I like you. And just knowing myself as an empath, as a person who does go on their emotions a lot of time, it's just very important. Again, respecting yourself, knowing your boundaries, learning what you can can't deal with and so i feel like that that's what's keeping me from being absent from for being uh to be abstinent now mm-hmm. knowing who i am as a person and that i'm just not going to just do any and everything with just anybody but it is frustrating when you see people who you grew up with doing it already and they're living their life mm-hmm. the way you thought you would be if it was the way everybody kept telling you right. you know so. i definitely want to add to that that Thank you for saying all of that, Macy, because that was 100% on point. Um, I, when I was mentoring young women, you know, I would, I would tell them when we would have these conversations, I would tell them when it comes to not having sex, you need to do it for you because whether you're convicted that, you know, I just love the Lord. And even though I may want to, I know that this is something that God requires of me. And because I love him, I want to be obedient or, and, or I want to avoid some of the pitfalls that I've seen other women be in like STDs and, and un, you know, unplanned pregnancies, or I, I, I know that I am a more emotional person or an empath. And I understand that the, those soul ties will affect me differently um, or greater than it might affect uh, a woman, a different type of woman. And so for those reasons, I'm going to choose not to do it. But please do not do it because you (laughs) do not not do it because you think that's going to somehow get you a man because it's just not the case. (laughs) Um, As we've already all confirmed, we've been, we put ourselves on mute, but we've been over here in the amen corner. Okay. (laughs) But um, (laughs) the thing is, if you're going to do it, if you're going to take away the spiritual conviction part of it, and you just choose that you're going to do it, you still have to be strategic about it. You don't just go and hop in bed. You make sure that there's a real connection that that man has put in effort consistently 
that you see that you've got him in a certain emotional space and that he has shown commitment. And then if you're choosing to understand that when you choose that lifestyle, it's still going to be something that comes with it because you can't sin and not have consequences. At least if you're going to do it. I was going to say, you know that folks in the church are like, oh my goodness. Right. <laughs> I know, I, but we have, to, we have to start having realistic conversations with, with young people because not everybody makes that decision, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody is going to be like, I'm holding out for the Lord and I'm going to remain. Mm-hmm. Some gr- girls are like, look, I'm tired. I'm horny. I want to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you're going to do it I, and I know I can't stop you, at least I could put you up on game and say, be smart about it. Yeah. Understand that you're not smarter than God. So understand that you're walking into a space where you will deal with consequences. Mm-hmm. However, you don't have to deal with the worst of the consequences. If you're, if you're at least going to be strategic and smart about your moves, don't jump into bed with somebody who hasn't shown you anything, who hasn't made any commitments, who hasn't poured into you, who hasn't been consistent, who hasn't verbally expressed his love um, and affection and commitment to you and shown it through his actions and is not afraid to show you off in public, right? Have those things in place first, at least, at least be smart about it if you're going to do it, right? But then here's the other flip side too that I want to mention. I have the type of personality for whatever reason, or I call it a gift or whatever, where people feel very comfortable telling me very personal things, even when they don't know me. So I've had strangers tell me their life stories and different things are going through just so I've, I've, I've taken in information and some of the very people that you will see on social media that seem like they have the best relationship. I mean, just relationship goals. <laughs> you will find that, I mean, some of these married women are living with STDs that are never going away because their husbands infected them. Okay. This is not something I'm like, you, you know, it could be happening out there. No, people have actually told me. So I know this information. And living with HIV. Living with HIV, living with herpes, other STDs that they are able to get rid of, right? They're not going to tell you that, obviously. At this point, why leave my husband? Mm -hmm. Why already, quote unquote, tainted? I I, I already have his children. I already have this STD. Financially invested. Financially invested. We have businesses together. We have this going on. We have this persona, this image that we've sold to the Mm -hmm. world. I don't want to walk away in shame. I don't want to feel like I failed. So I'm hold on to this. Mm-hmm. Going through emotional abuse, psychological abuse, spiritual abuse, physical abuse. They're dealing with stuff you wouldn't begin to imagine. But you're sitting here single and protected, blessed, and you're looking on the screen feeling like you, you don't have something. You're missing something. You're less than. You're having a pity party and you don't have a clue mm-hmm. blessed and protected that you have continued to be because of the decisions you made to, 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 to just value yourself and to honor God with your body. And so I just really felt like it was important to put that out there because there's so much we don't know from the outside looking in that people are going through and sometimes that's all they have left is this image. Mm-hmm. So tight to that. Oftentimes the, the ones who are posting the most, those are the ones going through it the most because this is how they're fed. 
they're able to like, okay, well, at least I got this thing that everybody wants. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything else. It's a facade. It's not real. But at least I can get fed off of the, all the love and attention I'm getting from people, you know, just bigging me up on my relationship. So you have to check yourself when you start to feel like you're missing something, you're lacking something, especially as us as as empaths and as quality women. Mm-hmm. When you when you go into that space, you dead a part of yourself. Yeah, you're my, you're, 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 you can, you know, you can still be out here living your life and be okay, but there's something inside of you that dies and you may or may not ever get that back. Yeah. You, you, you have to be so intentional about making sure that you make a decision mm-hmm. best for you and you see, and you remind yourself why you made that decision and understand that if, if ever you do <laughs> decide to, you've had enough, whatever the case is, and you want to step out, the very least you can do is be smart about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also know and be aware that you are still going to be dealing with the consequences of your decision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just to um, do a quick input, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm absent as well. And Macy and I, we talk about this all the time. Right, well, right? Macy and I talk about this all the time. It's just like, bro, we've made it this far what's really the point but I know like growing up other like aside from you know what you're going to hear in church I know one thing my mom always told me it wasn't necessarily that it was a sin because it's just understood being Adventist school your whole life you hear the same thing but she was just like this is one thing that is yours Mm -hmm. and once you let it go you cannot get it back back. so just always keep that you know on the back of your mind and then so I always kept that you know at a a dad he's not going to everyone know that his child is sexually active so he would always just be like, you know, why buy the why buy the cow if you could get the milk for free? You know, <laughs> the old saying, right? And so it was just like, well, man, like I don't, I don't want to, you know, just be out here. Somebody not going to once again not want to be with me because I'm, you know, sexually active. But then it got to a point where in, in college, you know, I, I went into college, a version came out one, but it started to affect me because especially after college, because like Macy said, it came out college more single than what you went in as. And like, I went into college with the juice. I came out stressed. Okay. But it's just like, when you get older and you're and and as an Adventist, you're told that it's, mm-hmm. it's a sin that it's wrong. And that if you abstain, then you're, you're going to be the chosen one you start to wonder, say, what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Like, I should be put on a pedestal because I'm a virgin. And, and I've been with all these other girls. I'm, <laughs> I, I've done every little thing. And yeah. so then I was like, well, Benitra, I, I really did go through a phase. I was like, you know what, Macy? I'm just going to give it up. I was like, because at this point, for what? Because I don't know myself worth without it. Mm. And I really had to come to the realization, I am, I'm, I'm not going to say that, you know, it, it it won't happen, but Andrea has definitely opened me up to a totally different perspective with her sermon. Like, I was <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think I necessarily want to, but I remember like my birthday weekend, two weeks ago, me and Macy were telling my brother, we were like, it's, we're just not going to, you know, just, just give it up now, but it's still so much harder. I no longer put myself on a pedestal. Cause I'm like, end of the day, we all got stuff that we deal with. Like, yeah, I'm a virgin, but I got other stuff, you know, I'm, I'm toxic in the day and I know it <laughs> so it's just like it's just so much harder because now we're at the age where we're dealing with men who have body counts of however much and so when they see that you are 25 
and abstinent. It's like, well, dang, they don't really want to be with you either because they don't, they don't want to not, not put out. And so it's just, it's just still stressful. I think that um, I would definitely tell my daughters if I have it, not, you know, like what, what my mom told me, once you give it up, it's something that you won't be able to get back. So, you know, definitely treat it as it's precious. But I think that how Adventists just put it on you talking about some, you know, you're going to be a chosen, chosen one. It definitely can mess you up. And, you know, and not just Adventists. It's, it's, well, well, not just Adventists. Yeah. Not just Adventists. Um, all evangelical. Growing up Adventists. Fundamental. Yeah, I, yeah. I know yeah fund, fundamental. But right. it's just something that, you know, you have to, you have to come to the realization that mm-hmm. you ain't all that just because you are one. <laughs> it's a sucky realization. But it's a, it's a well-needed realization because that has helped me find who I am. Mm-hmm. Other ways, like if you if you don't want to be with me because of that, then that's fine, but you're still missing out on a bomb person. So Exactly, exactly. I think you make a, a great point. All of y'all make great points. But it's that self-worth piece. You know what I'm saying? So many women that grew up in the purity culture and, and fundamental Christian spaces really have bought in the hype that if I have sex or if I have been, have had these experiences that somehow I'm tainted and I'm no longer worthy. You know what I'm saying? So what does that say for even some of the people, women, it could be men that have been sexually violated. You know what I mean? And are no longer technically virgins, so to speak. I mean, when we put so much stock on if this happens or if this has happened to you, it really, it, it really speaks to you not being enough. Mm-hmm. So someone's not enough because they've experienced sexual intercourse or some form of physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a poor message. That's a poor message to even internalize. So I think that you, you, you guys really speak to something that's really, really real. You know, a lot of, a lot of young women in particular, because I mentioned the count, a lot of women are thinking that they have to not be truthful about the count because if I say what the count really is, he gonna look at me sideways and think that I'm some hoe or I'm some slut or I'm some loose woman. Even though we know the standards, there's double standards, as you said, Andrea. You were I've had I've had some guys tell me they don't care what how many girls I mean people that their girlfriend has slept with. I know some guys are particular, but I do know personally men who are just like I don't care. Like I've had a friend who's been with a girl who his best friend slept with and he didn't care mm-hmm. and so and they were and they were dating seriously so it's just like i'm not saying that that's normal that shouldn't be normal <laughs> but in this in today's society everyone's having sex so like honestly when i when i tell people that i haven't they're shocked they look at me like you haven't like the wrong with you? You? <laughs> like something wrong again like something's wrong with you because at this age in this it's setting, in this climate, climate, it's it's not normal to not have had sex. Mm-hmm. So, like it's twenty twenty, not being some being someone that has not had sex, it's it's a rare, it's rare. Like literally, Vernitra and I, me knowing her and her knowing me is hilarious because a lot of our colleagues mm. went into college versions and left not. So. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Like, like, as you've already said, it's just funny because in this day, in this day and age, it's not a lot of people that, that are like us mm-hmm. anymore. Every, everybody's doing it or has done it at least um, some point in their life. Mm-hmm. So 
And then what cracks this up is that um we'll be talking about it and they'll be like yeah nah they'll be like if I if I if I could go back I would be just like y'all don't do it and I'm like well that's right, not right. yeah they'll it. say that like, oh, oh, no. I said but you're still having it though yeah exactly. like you, you haven't you haven't stopped and and so now you're saying you're telling us like don't yeah that's great it. and we're looking at y'all don't like do well y'all doing y'all doing great and y'all doing something that we not so why, well it why? appears that they're doing great <laughs> it appears that way they it put all, it looks like that it's that, that having sex ain't that so bad right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah everybody literally would tell us oh my god i haven't don't do it don't do it and i'm like yeah. okay but you're doing it so why and haven't you stopped and so what are you doing it's i hard. remember even in um when i was in college a big reason why I was single is because I was a virgin. Like Nick met, I remember this one guy I really liked. I was friends with his friends and she, they were like, yeah, he doesn't, we've known him for a while. He just doesn't date virgins. I've had men that I've been in relationships with. They've broken up with me or maybe that I was talking to. They just ended things because I wasn't putting out. So, I mean, I think, but I do think as a church, we place way too much emphasis on sexual, uh, like our sexuality and I guess fornication and whatever. I just feel like, I feel like at the end of the day, I think we need to stop looking at sex. I think the church has kind of made it look like sex is a sin. If you are having sex outside of marriage, it's a sin. Da, 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 da. I think it's a choice. It's a choice, I think, and a lot of people, I know it's kind of a, a weird take on it, but I just feel like looking at it, having sex outside of marriage, that's a choice that you make. I mean, if you have a, if you have a child outside of wedlock, is that considered a sin? No, it's not. That's a choice that you made, and then you ended up getting pregnant, and now you got to raise a kid. And I feel like as a church, we villainize people like this we villainize these choices and we make it seem like we're gonna go straight to hell when that's not what's gonna happen you're not god are you god you're not so that's my take on that i, I agree with you though. i agree but i'm sorry oh okay i i i agree that you know we are in no room to judge anyone about what they're doing because at the end of the day just because you're actively saying or proudly saying that you're that you have sex there's things that i do behind closed doors that are a sin mm -hmm. that people don't know about mm -hmm. so i can't judge you i don't have that none of us have a heaven hell for anyone so i do agree with that i do um i disagree with you when it comes to not having sex outside of sin out of marriage is a sin it mm -hmm. is a sin to fornicate but what i think we do as a church is like you said condemn there are so many people who do other things other than have sex that are sin right. that we don't put emphasis on. Right. We put a lot of emphasis on sex being the number one thing that you just can't do. That's just going, like you said, devalue you, make you not worthless, make you worthless, make you appear to be somebody else when that's not the case at all. So I think as a, as a community, as women, I know I've even even been like, well, how she got a boyfriend and we know she's having sex with a lot of people. Like how she already got a whole man and she did, she done done him and him and him. I know I've done that um as well. So it's just like as a, as women, as a community, as a church, I do think that we have to 
remember, humble ourselves that at the end of the day, just because they're dealing with that doesn't mean that we're not dealing with our own personal things. And we got to stop, if anything, educate how important it is to wait. Or like Ms. Andrea was saying, be smart. If you're going to do it, be safe. There's no point in you doing it and then you get sick or you get hurt or anything like that. There's no point in doing that. But you're grown. And whatever you're convicted to do or not to do is your business. I do, I do agree that we do condemn and we shouldn't do that. But at the end of the day, it is it, having sex outside of marriage. In the, as a as a as a faith, it is still so. Is yeah. it is it a sin based off of what the Bible says? Because if you think about the Bible in those times, mm-hmm. that can't think about. Let's be real. Majority of those people in the Bible had sex before marriage. Yeah. So is it really? Are we still looking at a sin? Because you you always have to look at context. So what I'm saying is, it is not to say. I'm about to just be preaching to, the, to everybody. Hey, go have sex. No, the sin. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we really have to think about the context of the situation in the Bible. You know, the story of Esther. Esther, come on. Oh. Like, she, how does how does she how does she get to be queen? Come on. She was a she was a victim of sex trafficking. But yet we praise Esther like she's this woman of she's this woman of valor because she stood up for what she believed in but we don't know what she went through behind those doors all of those women in the bible a lot of them were younger women that got married young and yeah they were able to have sex and then the women that weren't married that were having sex we look at them like oh they're sinful they're this that that and a third without necessarily looking at the context of the situation in that those times women were far more disrespected and looked at based off of you know can they cook can they clean are they it's the same it's the same thing as today so i'm thinking about this situation can we are we really i just think we really really need to think even if you don't agree just really really think about the term sin okay think about the term sin and then think about the context of the bible think about the context of when that was written about all of that because there was a verse in the new testament talking about i well Paul was like, I'd rather all y'all be single like me because it's better. He's like, he's like, but if you must get married, it's better to get married than to burn. Right. So you're basically saying that I should just marry any kind of person just so I can have sex because it's better than like, it's, you just kind of have to, it just kind of makes you think about from a logical perspective. Why <laughs> is, why is fornication looked at as a sin? Well, that's Why? the thing. I think when, when we're talking about like Esther being sex trafficked, those are things that are different from voluntarily having sex. I feel like, especially with Esther getting sex trafficked or people getting raped. I mean, we do have stories in the Bible that talk about men having multiple wives and having sex. But even in those stories, there's always consequences to those decisions that happen. Like there's no, there's no good thing I've seen from these people, even in the Bible, still having sex, still being mm-hmm. disciples and vessels of Christ, still spreading the word, still being able to manage to keep the bloodline pure for Jesus to come down to save us at the end of the day. They still were voluntarily having sex, even though it wasn't in the right means. And there were still consequences mm-hmm. to those decisions yeah. in those stories. So I think that's what it is. I think it's not necessarily, well, like I said, like you talking about like certain things like the rape and the sex trafficking, that is definitely a problem. 
But I think what it is that I'm talking about is an individual saying, I'm not married and I want to have sex and I'm going to do it anyway. That's what I'm talking about. And I think, I mean, we could, we could really go deep with that. Um, mm -hmm. and it would require us really uh, more time with the Bible yeah, and having sure. a lot of, that's a whole nother podcast, right? Yeah. But, you need to do right. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think we can all agree that one of the fundamental beliefs of the Christian faith, mm -hmm. uh, almost every major religion, mm -hmm. um, is that standard of purity where you, mm -hmm. you have sex outside of marriage, and if you do, it is considered a wrongdoing. Right, so that's the baseline that we're kind of going forward with, even if we might have other thoughts that we want to explore and research more and look into context and history mm. all of those and, and, and purity en encompasses not just the remaining sexually pure <laughs> that right. part because yep. even yep. even as, as you were talking i was thinking about something that i spoke to <laughs> my young women about before as well and said don't i like what venetia was saying earlier don't get it twisted. Don't get the big head and think you're somebody, uh, you know, special or better than mm -hmm. people simply because you're not having sex because you might be out here doing other stuff that you shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking sexually, right? I, I, there's a term that I, that I, that I said, you could be out here a hymen hoe. Right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Your hymen's still intact, but you letting every and anybody lick and suck on you and touch mm -hmm. on you and finger all, all this other stuff that's just not quite sexy yet right but but it's very much sexual it's very much intimate oh yeah I, there were a matter of fact in my in my era there were a lot of girls in college that ha were still virgins but they were they were hymen hoes yeah they were having lots of oral sex mm. yeah lots of oral sex and so, so purity is a mindset not just oh mm -hmm. i didn't I didn't have sex. I didn't do the intercourse part. You know, it's it's a mindset. And still, again, if those are the choices that they're making, or if, if you're making those choices, that's between you and your God. And, exactly. You know, exactly. Not for any of us to judge because I to think- To judge and condemn. Exactly. Systemically, systemically, women are some of the most, are some of the worst judges when it comes to other women. Ooh, we say that. But that's a whole nother episode too. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to add my experience. I've literally had guys like they, I mean, they're just so enamored, you know, just oh man, you're so dope. You're this, you're that. Da, 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 da. Why are you, you know, why are you still single? Like, I'm just, you crazy, are you crazy? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, I just I just keep it real with them. Like, look, I'm abstinent. And they like, we you you what? Like they, now they want to pretend they don't know what abstinent means, right? So we go into, <laughs> go into that whole discussion. And I've seen them just kind of do the backward shuffle on me, you know, kind of like, oh, okay, you know, oh, no, you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. That's oh yeah, okay. And before you know it, gone, just like that. But what that shows me is a few things that I feel like I, bullets that I've dodged, right? Self-control mm -hmm. is important. Mm -hmm because it's a part of maturity and leadership. Mm -hmm. And that's, if I feel like you can't at least attempt to try to control yourself, if you feel like I'm that dope and I'm that worth it and I'm that fly and you think I'm so just bomb, right? 
if you have genuine intentions of like, look, I'm looking to settle down. Yeah, I don't want to rush to the altar, but I definitely want to, I'm looking for a wife and I'm, and, and I'm looking for someone, you know, that, that fits a certain mode of what I would want my wife to be. And if you feel like you found that in me and the only thing that is in the way is you having to practice self-control for a set amount of time, then I don't know that that's necessarily somebody I want to be married to because what happens if God forbid, you know, we're separated for uh, physically for some, you know, let's say I was abroad studying or I was abroad working on a project or something and COVID broke out and now we're apart from each other and they're like, Oh, the borders are closed. You can't come back for however many months or whatever. Mm -hmm. Can I trust you? Mm -hmm. Not go and try to get it from somewhere else because, hey, I'm a man and I got to have it. Well, you've been exercising self-control in, in your single walk. So how can I be certain that you're going to exercise that self-control within the realm of marriage? Right? It's a discipline. It's a discipline. Exactly. And I'm not going to front like I'm perfect and I, you know, oh, I have self-control. No, it gets hard. Like, keep it real. We're sexual beings. None of us are asexual, normal. And that's something I think is important to mention wanting to have sex is normal if you never have those feelings you should be questioning yourself something's not right you should want you should have that desire to want to have sex that's how god created us so yeah like there should be no shame in, in wanting to but ultimately i'm looking for somebody who even if you say look I, I done already had it and I just don't even think, I don't even know if I can hold out. Like I'm mad attracted to you. I don't know if I can hold out. I'm not going to front like I may not cry, but I think you're worth it. And I really want to try. If you're willing, like, let's see where this goes. I can respect that type of conversation versus, oh, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't giving up nothing. Oh, so you're going to have a hard time finding somebody. Uh, no, I'm going to have an easy time avoiding men like you. I'm good. Good. Goodbye. You you saved me. I appreciate it. Now, skedaddle. So, yeah. So No, it's just really easy now to not do it. Yeah. I was just telling. <laughs> yes. It's like it's you don't have enough incentive. Like, you don't even make me. I'm not even tempted at this point. <laughs> You're not tempted. Me. Like, I have, a, I have a desire to do it, but there's no urge. But not with you. None of you. Nope. <laughs> And I know my cousin, I had told her, she was like, you need you 25? And you ain't had sex? I was like, girl, no. And she said, well, at this point, if you're going to do it, make sure you get some back in return. She said, if you're going to be having sex, make sure he got money. You never know what could happen. Make sure he got a stable job. She said, you don't be 25 out here with no bumps. She said, make sure you make sure you're sleeping with quality if you're going to be doing it. And I tell my friends that too, who are sexually active. Like, you're going to be sexually active with a guy who ain't even getting you in on Valentine's Day? I don't care if he gets you and all his other girls something. You ain't even get nothing. Girl, I'm gonna get something if I'm be giving out. Okay, at this point, exactly. if I'm not trying to settle down with it, you know, if I'm just gonna be for the streets, mm. I'm gonna get some benefits. <laughs> Period. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's stressful. Just be more you honest, Denitra. Be more honest. Be more. Honest. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's so so, and then, like now, now on show, we have to worry about even though we are um, versions, we have to be cautious. Of the guys who are trying to act a certain way to get us, just because they think that we're low key trophies. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't even want me. You just yep. want to, once again, conquer me. Mm-hmm. It's just, yep. I feel like I need to be asexual because I'm upset. <laughs> 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 it's just so annoying out here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many layers to this and I, I would love to have you on again to talk about some of the more complexities of this conversation and this piece. Outside of your, your race, what's your thoughts about dating outside of your race? I don't mind it. But see, I was talking to Vernitra about this. He has to look a certain... I don't want, I don't want you looking like some, some kind of like Okay, let's say, let's just be real. If he was a Caucasian, he couldn't look just like any, like, I don't, I don't need no Republican. I need a Democrat, okay? I need somebody who I can bring home who's going to make jokes. He's not going to get offended because he's going to be the only one that's, that looks like himself. I need him to be able to be respectful. He has to look a certain way. He needs to carry himself a certain way. But, like, that's just physically. So but if, you, so if that's a conscious, but if he has personality, a conscious white chocolate. Yes, I need a white chocolate. He gonna have to be a white chocolate. He gonna have to have a little bit of chocolate. A little. You gotta look like and Tommy his, and his personality. Power. Huh? You, so you, you gotta look like Tommy from Power. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know uh, Travis Kelsey from Kansas okay. uh, City. Okay. <laughs> he need like that. <laughs> he need like one. You, he need to look. He need to look black. He need to remind me that I didn't miss anything. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not. I'm not missing out because he's. Because you know he's a different race. But yeah, I don't mind. I, I, I'm saying like I don't mind. I don't mind if 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 another guy in another race pursues me and respects me. I'm attracted to him. He isn't disrespectful. Why not? I used to be all. I'm the only day black man. I'm only date him. But I've evolved. I'm, I'm on search. Like I, anyone who knows me knows I'm just like a, a pro black power queen. But these guys now, literally, I, I've come to this realization. I think I, ca- I came to this realization when my mama's friend said that she was fifty and the guys were still acting the same. I said, at this point, why are black women lim- limiting themselves? Because as much as I would, I would love. I think it, it, I. I couldn't just jump from dating blacks to white. I gotta, I, I'm gonna have to go for other ethnicities. I gotta, you know, maybe dabble in with some slowly. Indians, you know, or, you know, maybe, maybe some Asians, you know, some South Americans. I could get down with the Latinos, but it's just, it, for me to date a white man, it may take a lot because I know deep down, I'm very cautious of white people. So <laughs> I'm like, while I know my family and friends will be accepting of you, at the end of the day, will your family be accepting of me? Mm-hmm. And, and then that is something that you have to see, you know, and we see a lot of times when the black men date other races, you know, if my kids say I'm on vacation and my kids want to spend time with your, you know, your mom, is she going to try to do something to their hair, you know, cause she don't know how to do it. Well, I come back and my kid's hair's cut off cause she ain't know how to comb through it. It's just a lot of little things that I think about. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but. I mean, those, I, those I, are I, part of the conversation. Yeah. 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 But I, I would, I would definitely have to dabble in other races before I just jump to white me personally. But if I find a black man, all for it. Of course, I'm all for it. But <laughs> I have to agree. I'm not like I wouldn't say that I'm anti like dating a white person. But honestly, I just after this year alone, there's just certain things I just don't want to have to explain to somebody else. There's just certain things that I just don't think that 
will click and I don't want to spend the rest of my life having to teach someone I guess the tropes of being a black woman and not just the tropes of being a black woman but the tropes of being a dark-skinned black woman Mm -hmm. and I'm not you know I mean I'm not saying like it's I mean, a lot of people will say that, oh, it's not that big of a deal, you know. No, it's, no, it is. Because not only are you, especially if you get to the point of marriage, like not only are you dating a person just like of a different, I guess, race or background, but you're going to bring children into the world who also are going to experience, I mean, similar, similar experiences as you. And so you have to kind of like train or coach them and like understand like this is not I don't live in a privileged world you know what I mean and that's something that has always kind of crossed my mind I definitely would say that I'm probably more um, probably a million times more open to maybe another like ethnicity like or race like you know like what Benita was saying like Indian you know maybe Latinx or something like that like kind of work my way or someone who's like biracial maybe they was adopted by a white family <laughs> like, I don't know, something <laughs> but just something that kind of will kind of work my way down but just after everything that kind of went on with black lives matter people finally woke their eyes up and learned about colorism and all these different things like i i just me personally you know, prayerfully, if that's, if God wants me to be with a Black man, you know, I'm all for it. I mean, if that's what's for me. But if not, I mean, I'm open. I'm definitely open. But it's going to take a lot because I think a lot of Black women just have this underlying fear, like, I don't think any other race would like me like that, you know? And so that's kind of been my thing growing up, especially growing up in like a predominantly white space before going to an HBCU. It wasn't until I got to HBCU when I was finally like, oh, I can, like, men actually like darker skinned women here. Like, you know, I'm actually kind of attractive. So, you know, that's my two cents. I, I was not for a very long time, literally up until like two weeks ago, actually. <laughs> um, I was all about you know, the brothers, and it was that like, to the point, I, I I want him to look like me. I want him to be dark-skinned with strong ethnic features, and you know, I, you know, but what I had to realize and accept was the reality around me, and that is that there are a lot of broken men in our community. They have not been given the space to acknowledge their brokenness and seek help to heal their brokenness and when we talk about settling when we were talking earlier and speaking about oh they're not where they need to be financially what i will never settle on is as as much work as i have put into myself i will not settle on a man who is underdeveloped because there's too much out here at your disposal to be able to be a better person. I have invested in therapy, long-term therapy to address and deal with old wounds, hurt, uh, wrong thought patterns, all of those things. Why? Because I want to be a better person for me as well as for whoever is going to come into my space long-term. And I need a man who, 
who is just as intentional and proactive about developing himself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our men, due to the programming, the, the, the systems of, of oppression, maybe sometimes even poor parenting, just all the messages that they're constantly getting about who they are or who they should be, they really haven't, they're not in that space and a lot of them are not doing the work. Mm-hmm. And then you add to that self-hate issues. So maybe they are pretty developed in a lot of ways, but because they've internalized these self-hate issues, they see me and it's like, they want to go the opposite. And I don't want anybody making concessions for me. I'm flying. I know it. And so I don't, I don't need to try and convince you <laughs> of, of my level of attractiveness. If it doesn't come naturally to you to be drawn to me when you see me in a crowd, stay over there. Go to what you like, because I'm going to go for what I like. Mm-mm. So say it. I'm ready. I'm open. <laughs> I've come to the point where I'm, re- I'm looking for a certain man. Yeah. Not looking for a type of man in terms of, oh, he's black or he looks like this or he looks like this on paper. No, I want a particular type of individual in terms of character and capability and what they're bringing to the table and the work that they've done on themselves to be ready for me, where their desires, because they could be all those wonderful things, but it's like, nah, I'm cool. I want to be single for the next five years and just chill. Okay, well, (laughs) you're not ready for me. So once I realize and finally accept it, that I'm looking for a certain caliber of man and that's that will be my focus and whatever package he may come in as long as I'm attracted to the package I'm that's what we're gonna go for um because I'm not gonna settle just so I can say I got a black man not happening I'm glad that you brought up um the journey of self-work I think that that's a critical piece in terms of mate selection is making sure that you are doing the work, whether that's therapy, whether that is really doing some self-help, whether it be reading, whether it be connecting uh, more so to your relationship with God and your faith, do it, you know, participating in those coping strategies that help you maintain through the weight, so to speak. Um, and I don't even know if we can even say it's, it's waiting. What would you say it is? What is this? What is this? This this process? How would you categorize it? A season. A season. Oh. I like that. I like a season. A, sing, a season of singleness. A season. Which I think. I think which what I'm trying to. Well, I think we're all trying to do because Andrea definitely hit it mm-hmm. hit it perfectly in this in this time, and it can be hard, especially if you've been doing it for a while. But I think it's always something to learn and learn about yourself, um, to always work on yourself, to try new things, meet new people, move out of another state, move into another country, learn a new language. This is like if you've given, if you've been given this, because being single is a gift because a lot of people don't get the opportunities that we get to do in this moment to do what we're doing. Even though I do have friends who are married with kids, they just can't up and leave and go wherever they want to go and do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. I can and so I look at, I try to look at like that at times. I know it's easier said than done, but because the energy hit it. It's like at this moment, in this time, in this phase, in this season of all of our lives, I think it's just very important to work on yourself, mm-hmm. to heal from that childhood trauma. Because that's the thing. That's a real thing. Absolutely. Dealing with childhood trauma, 
dealing with things that um, have hurt you heal mm -hmm. and embrace whatever life, whatever kind of life you can have. Mm -hmm. Of course, with God's help, you can do anything. We can see in this age, mm -hmm. we can do anything. As a black woman, we can do this about anything. Absolutely. So as whatever accolades. As, as evident as to what happened last Right. Yes. As evident as that is, so whatever you want to accomplish and do. Mm -hmm. Right. Shout out. Shout out to Kamala Harris. <laughs> so, yes. With that, it's just like, this is all a more reason for you to, to ex like find out and explore who you are as a woman and let that shine. Yeah. I know that's what I want to do. At my age, I would describe it as a state of being. Mm -hmm. um, I've been in the seasons mm -hmm. and a season is supposed to end at a certain time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, how long are we going to be in winter now? Uh, five years of winter? <laughs> so I have had to kind of redefine that it is not so, just a season for me mm -hmm. of being because then that takes away the anxiety of I gotta hurry up and be ready to get out of this season I'm ready waiting for that turnover there may not be a turnover for a while now in the space where I'm totally okay with that because I am enjoying the state of being mm -hmm. I can't. Yeah. Andrea yeah. And, and, and loving myself and enjoying my life uh, pursuing different goals and dreams, um, doing some of the things that I have, uh, you know, put off to the side and and put so much energy and focus and trying to get my husband. You know, I've had those stages, and now it, it's not a, a giving up, and it's not that I'm pretending that I don't have that desire. Mm -hmm. Not one of those women that's gonna lie and be like, I'm single and satisfied. I am happy, happily. No, no, no. I want a man. <laughs> I want a very particular type of man. The desire is very much there. God knows my heart. He knows my desires. He will bless me in his time and in his way, according to his will. But in the meantime, mm -hmm. it's healthy for me to make that my sole focus. I have to be very comfortable in this state of being. State of being. The reality is that I may well be for a while. Mm -hmm. That has to be okay so that I can focus on on enjoying the life that God has blessed me with. So yes, this I would describe this as a state of being. I like that. I like that. And on that note, whether it's a season or a state of being, um, I like the fact that you beautiful young ladies, smart, educated, um, have so much to bring to the table that you have done a lot of work and you continue to do the work to be the best person for yourself first. And I thank you all for sharing in this moment, in this space. And I am looking forward to more conversations to come. Thank you all. I had an incredible, incredible time talking to these phenomenal young ladies. Um, so many insights, so many gems, so many things that we talked about as it relates to this whole millennial dating culture. Hard to believe that it was three episodes and we still have so much more ground to cover. So I look forward to future episodes where they can return and continue the conversation and share their gems and their insights as it relates to millennial culture. 
I thank them again. They were truly phenomenal. I also wanted to take this time to say, if you or someone you know is experiencing mental or emotional abuse in the context of a relationship, please take the time to seek the help that you need. Don't do this in isolation. Reach out to a licensed, trained, experienced therapist or counselor that's in your area, one that specializes in relational abuse. It could be narcissistic abuse or domestic violence abuse. There's so many complexities as it relates to this type of trauma. So I want you to get the very best help that you can get. Also, there's online resources, a lot of different support groups on social media platforms related to narcissistic abuse. There's also a wonderful narcissistic abuse video series by Dr. Romney that you can access on YouTube. She also has written a book called Should I Stay or Should I Go? Surviving a Relationship with a Narcissist. And again, that's Dr. Romney. She's a wonderful clinical psychologist who's done a lot of research on narcissistic abuse. Again, that book is called Should I Stay or Should I Go? So the holidays are upon us and I want you all to take good care of yourself and your loved ones and just take this time to reflect and pause and think about all the things that you are grateful for. I highly encourage you to do that. I know that it's going to be a pretty introspective time as we approach 2021, but I'm looking forward to it. And again, happy holidays, be well, and be blessed. 